What price do we pay for freedom? Everyone yells freedom and equality in the streets. But who decides when we're actually a free country? How many people, when you say, let's go save America, think of God first? What can you do that will truly help save America? You know, I am tired of hearing everything out of the fake news except the truth. If you really think you can keep me from speaking my mind, well, I'm going to have to tell you something. I don't believe we actually have this many people in government who sound like total idiots. I think I have the perfect plan to take the Democrats by storm. They'll never see it coming. They really won't. Hello everyone and welcome to The Patriot Show. It's Hayden Kuvion here and over the next indefinite future, I am going to be walking you through how to preserve your freedoms on an individual basis and for people around you like your kid, what they learn in school. You have the freedom of parental choice and you have many individual freedoms which are not kept for us by our government because our government wants to control it. Various organizations are spread across the United States fighting to secure your liberties. You have Turning Point USA is a bigger one and locally you have groups like Tennessee Neighbors for Liberty. They're smaller but they all have pretty much the same goal and they have no common platforms except social media. Many of these platforms, they're YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, they're working as hard as they can to censor every last bite of conservative views. While grassroots movements are the key to the survival, small groups of people that are just in a community, no special titles, just people. The key to survival of our freedoms is also indivisibility, unity of the citizens as a whole. This way, if a bunch of groups get together, they can share with each other what they're doing, and people who are united, they stand a better chance of being able to brainstorm, being able to stand up to oppression, because there's safety in numbers and there's strength in numbers. Patriot, the platform which I have created, is a platform for local grassroots movements to share ideas. TA Neighbors for Liberty set the example being the first group on the platform, and any patriotic group or movement has their own page as a showcase of what they're doing. This allows the ideas to circulate and it unites all of these groups without merging them into a super entity that forces everyone toward the same goal. A lot of individual freedoms are being threatened right now. Our country does not like us to be free, and so they want us to be controlled. They want us to all be sheep, going into the same pen, doing the same things, and if you deviate, they will come after you just like a shepherd. Freedom of expression, or freedom of speech, religion, press, what you write, what you say, and what you communicate, may be the most important liberty a person can have. While the freedoms of other amendments in the Bill of Rights are important, the First Amendment, the Ninth, and Tenth Amendment are key to the individuality of American citizens. As a patriot, I aim to be one of the defenders of the freedoms that you hold. The freedom to speak to any willing audience on nearly any subject, the freedom to have the faith and religion of your choice, to practice that faith, and to tell others about that faith, the freedom to print and produce facts and opinions against an organization or government, the freedom to form peaceful gatherings of individuals, the freedom to petition the government, and the freedom to exercise all rights and privileges not prohibited by the law without interference by a government entity or organization. If you or someone you know is a leader of a patriot group, you can register that group on my website, ccpatriot.us, and tell the world about what you're doing, especially in America, people who may want to share the ideas. But now let's delve into the individual aspects of each of your rights. Understanding them is the key to exercising them. So let's get going.
When we say freedom of expression, we may be thinking of freedoms given in the First Amendment, the freedoms of speech, religion, press, and redress of grievances. In a natural sense, that is a good interpretation of this phrase. According to the Supreme Court, however, freedom of expression is a right given by the spirit of the Constitution. An expression extends beyond the First Amendment and into a range of actions, such as burning a flag, that are by no means constitutionally protected, but that fall under this court's view of, quote, expression. Therefore, we will break down these four freedoms individually to see what really is there and what's not. The freedom of religion may be the most controversial of all in the opinion of many, including my unscholarly self. The two clauses referring to it are these. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The true meaning of these two clauses is summed up by what Thomas Jefferson said in a letter he wrote to Samuel Miller in 1808. Quote, I consider the government of the United States has interdicted by the Constitution from intermeddling with religious institutions or exercises. End quote. Therefore, in no uncertain terms, it is indicated that religion cannot in any way be influenced by the government. Furthermore, by allowing prayer in class or in sports, Congress cannot be held accountable. They have made no law respecting any one religion over another. Ultimately, to ban a religion or religious practice such as prayer, common to nearly all religions, would indeed put our lawmakers in a difficult amount of trouble as endorsing all religions but one. The First Amendment consists of multiple dependent clauses, all depending on the phrase, Congress shall make no law. Additionally, every clause following the free exercise clause depends on the word abridging. Therefore, these two persons will be placed in a contextual manner to break down the next four freedoms, even though they come in a sequential order in the actual First Amendment. On the freedom of speech, quote, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. In 1776, Blackstone's commentary on the laws was introduced, and it became a foundational resource of the Founding Fathers. In the first case, cited in the Holy Trinity, the 1824 Updegraff and the Comp versus the Commonwealth, which ended in the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. Abner Updegraff, a member of a debating association, was convicted of blasphemy, namely saying that the Holy Scriptures were a mere fable and contained a great many lies. Blackstone's definition of blasphemy was used as a source by the court when Updegraff appealed his conviction. His attorney gave a twofold defense. First, that he had said this as a member of a debating association in the course of a debate, and second, that his words should be protected and were protected in the attorney's eyes by free speech. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court rejected both arguments. It held that Christianity, as Blackstone had said, was, quote, part of the laws of the land, and that it was foundational to the success of a free government. Similarly today, Christianity is the exception to free speech, but today it is speech for, not against Christianity and God, that raises the hackles of anti-freedom advocates. A military honor guardsman presented a flag to the family of a fallen serviceman and gave the blessing, God bless you and this family, and God bless the United States of America. Very nice, very sweet, right? The family had requested this blessing with the flag presentation, but the honor guardsman was relieved of his position for using this blessing. A 71-year-old resident of York, Pennsylvania, was clubbed to death for her social security check. The jury sentence, however, was overturned because the prosecutor mentioned some phrase from the Bible. It took five seconds to say, but it caused the jury's verdict to be overturned by that court. Was it the true intent of free speech? Is religion included at all in this clause? More on this topic after the free press portion. The free press portion states, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of the press. When the British king had dominion over the colonies, 
A press organization such as a newspaper, magazine, or pamphlet publisher could not publish or speak against the Crown or its absolute authority and infallibility. Anything published was for the sole purpose of promoting the interests of the throne. Thus, all publications were subject to the review of the British king and his government if it was happened that they may not like it. You could face serious consequences if you published something against the rule of the throne. Now, returning to the three speech press, the freedoms of speech and the press are also very easily conjoined by the clause, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. The original intent of these two freedoms, which was very unified, was not to allow people to say or print whatever they wanted. Rather, it was to allow them to say anything that did not damage someone's character untruthfully or incite violence against people or government without asking permission. You shouldn't have to ask permission for your government to post something about it. This was the original intent. To slander someone lying about their person or actions does not come under free speech or a free press. To encourage a criminal act, having the influence, the means, or the general wherewithal to lead or organize such an insurrection is not free speech. In fact, reasonably interpreted encouragement of such acts in any public setting, or even a professional setting, is, criminal is criminally published punishable by law. An example of this is in the case New York Times versus Sullivan. A full-page ad was paid for by an independent third party in the New York Times, printed containing falsehoods about L.B. Sullivan regarding the arrest of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The Supreme Court ruled unanimously that if a media organization, such as the Times, was required to maintain and verify the accuracy of its material, it would become extremely challenging to reveal to the public the truth about every public figure. So what? Was the court wrong by ruling in favor of the Times? The court did not challenge the falsehood of the statements in the ad. It's up to you to decide who was wrong. However, newsprinters today spend enough time censoring and shifting facts. It is in the interest of any person or media organization to verify the truth of any claim they make or that is made on their platform if they have the time to verify the truth of facts that may be true, which they decide are false. Higher legal minds say that slander is not free speech, nor is incitement of violence by or insurrection. All are to this day punishable by law. A peaceable assembly, protest, or even gathering in the park. Congress shall make no law abridging the right of the people peaceably to assemble. This clause of the Constitution is generally known as the right to protest, because gatherings in parks or houses or churches does not apply in any way to the government unless the gathering moves outside the perimeters of peaceable assembly. Another possible reason why this is associated with protesting, it is conjoined to another right petitioning the government with the word and, not or, in the Constitution in that amendment. It says, Congress shall make no law abridging the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. This is the only two clauses in this amendment that are joined by the word and. All the others are joined by or. This suggests that these two rights, peaceable assembly and petitioning of the government for a redress of grievances, go together. These are freedoms based on what you, as an individual, are allowed to do, which highlight your individuality. By exercising these rights, you set yourself apart from every other human being. There is, however, one last right mentioned at the beginning of this segment, which has not been addressed. Quote, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Federalists, a group of people who helped to ratify the Constitution, believed that the Bill of Rights was unnecessary. They believed that it would turn government power into a wide open field with a group of things it could not do as opposed to a small area with just a list of what it could do. The Anti-Federalists believed that a Bill of Rights was essential to keeping the government out of personal affairs. The Ninth Amendment was, you could say, a compromise. 
Federalists wanted to make it clear that just because there was a list of don'ts, that did not entitle the government to just do anything that went untouched. What do you think was right? The Federalists who wanted to keep government inside the fence, or the Anti-Federalists who wanted to make individual fences that the government would stay out of? Look at our government and decide whether or not the Anti-Federalist system really worked. If anyone truly won, it was the Anti-Federalists, because you see to this day the Bill of Rights and every copy of the Constitution. These are the freedoms that I hope to help you fight for. Together we will fight, restore, and defend freedom, starting locally, one step at a time. This is going to be the Patriot Show from now on. We will start usually with a segment from the Bible. Then we will move into a news story that will probably form the bulk of each day's segment. We will discuss how the news story applies to you and your freedoms and how you defend them. Right now, I'm going to give you a warning and a job. The warning is the Delta variant of COVID-19, which is being announced by the fake news and Anthony Fauci. The fake news and Anthony Fauci are saying that it is going to be much more deadly, with a much higher risk of hospitalization, and a much higher possibility of being transmitted from person to person. They're going to tell you that if you did not get the shot, that the Delta variant which is being scheduled, at least by CNN, to come out this fall, is going to attack you if you did not get the vaccine. This is coming out of the head of the fake news, CNN itself, which I would say has very good authority on this stuff. So when this comes, they're going to give you all the propaganda that they gave you between 2019 and 2020. But this time, you're not going to be taken in, because over the next two weeks, we are going to see just how effective some of this stuff is. Do masks really work? Are the vaccines or shots harming people? Are the vaccines really vaccines? What are the companies doing behind our back? What are they putting in the shots? What are they doing with the shots when they administer them? Does everyone get the same shot? These are some questions that we will explore as we speak to medical experts who will tell us a little bit about immunization, immunology, and what's going on with this vaccine. Several people are having adverse effects to it, but others say that the vaccine is going to wait, that it is being programmed to wait a few months. That means that this fall when the deaths start happening, guess what's going to be blamed? It won't be the shots, it'll be the Delta variant. You will be blamed if you do not wear your mask and do all the things they tell you. If you stand up as a patriot for your freedoms to make your personal choice, they're going to blame you. If you didn't get the shot, they're going to blame you. If you don't agree with something else they say, they're going to blame you. And if you agree, but don't necessarily agree on every point, they're probably going to blame you too. The point is that they will avoid blaming themselves. Therefore, when the Delta variant comes out, we will be prepared. That's the warning, here's the job. Democrats want to replace Independence Day with Juneteenth, and I have it on good authority that they're going to work extremely hard to do so. But this year, as Independence Day rolls around, you're going to show them that that is not happening. You're going to get together in parties, have all the fireworks you want, eat hot dogs, do grilling, have out backdoor barbecues, do everything that is usual 4th of July, even more than last year, because last 4th of July we were still under lockdowns. You're going to show them that Juneteenth and Independence Day, while both have their aspect of importance, one cannot be replaced with the other under any circumstances, because the meaning of both is entirely separate one from the other. This will be The Patriot Show. Next week, we will talk about why the COVID-19 Delta variant is going to be used to affect your life and exactly how you can stand up to it. And in the near future, we are going to assess why the Ashley Babbitt case was closed so quickly without much detail and why you would get a longer investigation and more public record on John Doe being murdered next door than we got from the Ashley Babbitt case in what has been called a 9-11-like event being recorded as one of the only few deaths in an event involving thousands, even millions of people, you think we'd get more information, but they're sweeping it under the rug. So we're going to assess what's going on here, because they want us to be quiet. If we be quiet, they get their way. 
and we know as Americans, as patriots, that they cannot, under any circumstances, get their way. I'm Hayden Kuvion. This is The Patriot Show. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America.